You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello and welcome to this edition of Hamtramck Now and Then, the podcast of the Hamtramck Historical Museum. This is our episode six, our sixth broadcast that we're preparing right now. And I'm Greg Kowalski, Executive Director of the Hamtramck Historical Museum. And with me is Joe Koshut. Joe? Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Joe is the Chairman of the Board of the Friends of Historical Hamtramck, which owns and operates the museum. And he's also the producer of this show. And uh, we have a special guest today. I'm really glad to have Rebecca Bino-Savage here with us. And Rebecca is a Hamtramck resident. She's also a historian, a preservationist, an author, and really knowledgeable person about uh, all kinds of areas related to Hamtramck in Detroit. So we're going to talk a little bit first about Rebecca, the book, Art Deco in Detroit. Okay. All right. And you can, why don't you give us a little overview of it? Oh, okay. Well, the, I guess, important thing to know is that Greg brought this book project to me so that um, when, when my nonprofit group, the Detroit Area Art Deco Society, put together a slide presentation about all of the Art Deco architecture in the Detroit metro area, it, you know, was something I used to take around to libraries and different organizations, even schools, um, mm-hmm. Lawrence Tech, and so forth. And then when you saw it, Greg, you said, this could be an Arcadia book. So I hadn't thought about it like that. But but if you hadn't brought the project to me, this, this book wouldn't have happened. So um, I'm so glad we did it. It's really mm-hmm. been, uh, I guess, just a, in a lot of ways, people have told me it re- this book really mattered because we covered architecture and subjects that had never been covered before. Yeah, absolutely. And really, uh, I did the technical side of it, the organizing photos and things like that. But Rebecca did the real work. She had the information, the knowledge. And I will tell you, we went exploring because I had to take photos and Rebecca would direct me to these places. Mm-hmm. And we would go there. And I mean, we turned the street corner and there would be this architectural gem yeah. right in front of us. And I learned so much from this experience about Art Deco but there was another thing that I really learned that I, I stress when I show that program, the Art Deco program, is you've got to look around you. There are treasures all over, and they can be right around the corner, right over your head. That's They're true. They're right there. And that's so right. evident in Art Deco. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, first give us a little, I know we're talking about architecture and essentially in a podcast, which is all mm. audio, not visual. So right. it's a little <laughs> difficult. But give us just like a little view of what is Art Deco. Okay. And what makes it special to you too? All right. So Art Deco architecture in this country, we generally say it's from the years of about 1925 to 1945. But of course, not all architecture was in that style. So if you were um, someone in, say, let's say 1929, you might have said, well, I'd like a building to look modern. And it's true that these um, buildings were designed in what was then called the modern style. So it wasn't until the 1960s that a, a British author kind of came up with that term, Art Deco, in a book he wrote. And that's when that kind of term became common, commonly used. But if we were in 1929 looking at a building and it was in the modern style, you would have noticed that it didn't have any kind of, um, you know, maybe references to past years, past architecture of the time. It was truly, um, I guess I'll say something that was 
really using uh, modern materials, um, ranging from um, really just the design being contemporary for its day. So um, in Europe in 1925, there was an exposition in Paris. And so the Paris exposition sort of inspired that style in the, in the United States. We took our own spin on it and took it to kind of a, a different level and turn. But um, we've got really great examples in the Metro Detroit area. I mean, really nationally known examples. So it's um, something I'm glad we covered it in kind of a summary in, mm -hmm. in this book. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, we, we have some examples in Hamtramck. Yes, we do. And let's, let's go over those, and then we can talk about some of those, the, the ones in Detroit that are really okay. fantastic. Okay, so in Hamtramck, mm -hmm. um, one of the really good ones is um, today a mosque that's on Kniff that was formerly, uh, originally built as a chiropractic clinic. Right. So it's covered in Mankato stone, and um, it's very kind of cube cube style, cube um, structure kind of assembled with these kind of different cube shapes. Then at its corner, it had an addition that's got a rounded curve. So um, if you saw that building, and it really stands out from the other, you know, kind of average buildings surrounding it. Um, if you saw that building today, you would say, well, this is something different. Um, let's see, another one in Hamtramck is, um, the, and featured in the book, is the entry to... Um, the buildings, um, what do we call the, um, the public housing homes that yeah, are... Colonel, um, Colonel Hamtramck Homes. Colonel Hamtramck yeah. Homes, thank mm -hmm. you. So the, the kind of entry of the um, kind of public building there, which I guess, I think it's just sort of used for, um, I know you can vote in that mm -hmm. building. Do you know yeah. the building I'm talking yes, about? Yes. It's probably just like administration office yeah. type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So that building um, has a really, again, Art Deco style, and it's got... Um, Wonderful kind of representational plaques going around that front door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the sign over the top says administration. Yeah. And you mentioned the the mosque on uh, you said Kenef. Yeah. Is that the one uh, just uh, that would be just west of Joseph Campo? Campo. Right, okay, exactly. right, right off the alley. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh huh. Just west of Campo. Um, post so office. Oh, right. And yeah. our post offices, of course, included. So for our post office, if you sort of stand back or maybe look at a picture. It's got sort of representations of columns, kind of flat, flattened out columns across the front. So that post office design really sort of minimalized and stripped down that sort of classical representation of a old-fashioned post offices with columns going across. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, those are kind of our best examples in Hamtramck. Yeah, and but when we look at Detroit, it kind of pales to what we have in Detroit. Well, <laughs> well downtown, you know, that yeah. was a regional center in downtown yeah. Detroit. So in downtown Detroit, um, I guess some of our stars are the uh, Penobscot building. Mm -hmm. So that is 47 stories tall and uses that kind of setback um, skyscraper design mm -hmm. that really brought us into that realm of um, architecture in New York City and really used mm -hmm. a lot of those buildings as inspiration or um, it, they were going up at about the same time. So all of that kind of new design was really getting around and really um, yeah, just popular throughout the country. Also, um, down the street is the Guardian Building, the beautiful Guardian Building, yes. which, um, you know, one of the things about our book, Greg, I always regretted we couldn't do some pages in color. Truly, right? truly, that yeah. that building's really known for its color, and, you know, the, um, in any case, the uh, Guardian Building has a little bit of that kind of Mayan-Mexican influence to the design, mm -hmm. and it's... Um, 
again, 40 stories tall. This is um, just right down the street from the Penobscot and was designed as speculative commercial office space, just mm -hmm. as the Penobscot building was. But um, the bank that constructed it really put together um, kind of a theme. So you could go to the executive dining room and have your dishes. Um, you'll, you'd see it had the same design and colors as the building surrounding it. Mm -hmm. um, the furniture um, and patterns throughout the building. So in those days, they um, really had kind of a comprehensive um, theme going through that whole building. Um, it's really it's really difficult to describe though because as you said yeah. the colors are so incredible mm -hmm. and the design you know even the elevators I mean so yes. many details right. in there are just right. it's almost overwhelming I think it is yeah. considered isn't it one of the finest examples absolutely of art, dec art deco in the country absolutely it's right it's a national historic landmark mm -hmm. and so it's really right up there with buildings in in New York City in um, mm -hmm. actually Tulsa Oklahoma has its incredible art deco collection. Los Angeles has um, spectacular theaters, yeah. as well as some department stores that are um, truly magnificent art deco. But Detroit, we really hold our own with the um, the skyscrapers we have, as well as everything ranging from um, homes, um, mm -hmm. a lot of retail buildings, a lot of um, we have a, you know a good Let, number of theaters and things as well. Let's talk about one of my favorite like, big architectural wonders, though the uh, Fisher Building. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, so that just might be Detroit's best building when I think about it. That's Art Deco's design. Yes, it is. So, um, yeah, so Albert Kahn's firm really put together a kind of great combination of, of Art Deco with um, kind of the European patterns that were popular. So when you're in that building, you can see, think of all those patterns in the ceiling and mm -hmm. patterns on the um, different plaster work. And, of course, the elevator doors there are just yeah. as incredible, too. Um yeah, that building is really uh, quite spectacular in every way. And it has an interesting story as well, too, because that actually that's only part of what was originally planned, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's such a spectacular building. You can't imagine that the Fisher Brothers were that wealthy that they were planning a, a taller building next to it, but mm -hmm. they were. Um, yeah. But then what happened is what happened to so many other projects in Detroit, right? Mm -hmm. The coming of the Great Depression. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have to be happy for what we have today mm -hmm. with the um, building today. And it's uh, kind of also internationally known for being this spectacular Art Deco mm -hmm. example. Yeah, I wish I could take you guys on a tour yeah. of it, but we're talking about it in a, <laughs> a podcast. Well, maybe eventually. Well, we, 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 okay. we are actually planning to do video at some point. We're oh, going to okay. have you back. All right, sure. <laughs> we may yeah. do some location stuff. Yeah, so. and I could talk about some Hamtramck buildings. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now you you mentioned uh, the the um, the Fisher Building and it basically being um, part of what it was originally supposed to be. Did sort of the same thing happen with the Masonic Temple as well, right? They Was it the Depression that uh, kind of made them stop building? Because there are parts of the building that they really didn't finish, Yeah, right? they never finished a giant swimming pool that never held a drop of water, even oh, though it's like an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Wow. It's several stories high. Yeah. And it's really magnificent if you see it. I mean, it's overwhelming, but it was never used. They yeah. never really completed the building okay. despite that. And that's a truly wonder. It's not Art Deco. Yeah. But it is a, it's a true wonder of Detroit's architectural world, too. Yeah, it's amazing. and so that's kind of a good example of yeah. a building, the same time frame, same yes. era of that 1920s time, but um, that was designed like in a Gothic style, really referring back to the 
right. European Gothic architecture, where our Art Deco buildings in Detroit were really something, you know, totally, completely different and, and very modern again. I always thought Art Deco was kind of the style where it's hard to really describe it because there are so many yeah. different variations. And yet That's somehow true. when you see it, you know it. Right. <laughs> you know? And But you're right that it did evolve. So yeah. it evolved from, if you think of, say, um, the Fisher Building, mm-hmm. um, you know, so over the years, uh, as modern kind of modern styles evolved, things got more streamlined. So if you think of like the Elwood Bar and Grill, it's got that rounded, mm-hmm. curved corner, kind of a tower at the front, again, rounded and curved. So that's the kind of thing that um, kind of took it to the next step where things were getting more, um, what I mean by streamlined, it was about kind of speed and motion um, applied to the architecture. And it's interesting, too, is that you can you point out the examples like the Guardian Building, like the Fisher Building, and they're magnificent, almost overwhelming. Or you can drive down Mon Elliot here and see a little machine shop that has Art Deco elements to it. And like, mm-hmm. what in the world, you know, how did it get to that level? Yeah, well, um, you know, those machine shops, those kinds of auto suppliers wanted mm-hmm. to um, have a kind of front or maybe office representation of being modern and contemporary, okay. yeah. of being high style. So that's why they had an Art Deco sort of office portion in the front, while behind was the regular, you know, very basic minimalist office building. So they um, combine those together a lot of times. And um, in Detroit on Grinnell Street, we, there's several examples um, of that uh, kind mm-hmm. of office building that's Art Deco, and then behind it it's the basic um, yeah, factory building. Well, They're all scattered around Detroit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, that's a very good point that I, I was going to try and bring up as well, too, because how, we, you know, we found the... Uh, the, was it Popeye's Chicken Place or, or the oh. one the, on Woodward, I think, as I recall? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and then that was colored stone, as I recall, too? Colored terracotta. Uh, so yeah. um, so on Woodward and Milwaukee, yeah. um, there was a Popeye's Chicken there for many, many years. Today, I think it's, I'm not sure if the restaurant that's there um, mm-hmm. is still going or not, but there, there still is a restaurant in that space. Yeah. So that's a great patterned and very colorful um, terracotta design. But you have to look up. So you have to look above that storefront level that's kind of just basic, uh, <laughs> you know, basic restaurant. And then above that is where, um, yeah, that wonderful pattern and multicolored terracottas there. So we also, um, as Greg and I were driving on, on Belle Isle recently, he pointed out the... Uh, the lighthouse. I can't what 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 the name of it was, the but I do. Stone lighthouse. Yeah, lighthouse. but it's the what is it? The only Art Deco lighthouse in the country. Yeah, and it's the only marble lighthouse mm-hmm. in the country too. I guess there's in, in other countries there's some marble ones, but anyway, it's uh yeah, it was mm-hmm. something. They had very high quality um, mm-hmm. um I guess materials and design put into these buildings that we have in Detroit. They really do stand out. Um, did you guys get out and walk over to the lighthouse, or you just kind of too cold? No, yeah, it was too cold, so we just drove by, and Greg, Greg kind of pointed it out and, and mentioned that it was uh, was yeah. the only uh, Art Deco lighthouse in right, the country. Right, right. But um, no, we're actually I'll get I'm going to get to that soon because uh, Terry was uh, my wife wanted to to go see that. So yeah, mm-hmm. maybe but, when it's a little drier out because it might be kind of muddy yeah, to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. 
But it's it's again, you find these little treasures. We went to that liquor store, remember? Oh, right. On the west side of Detroit. And, yeah. And which was not, I think, the greatest neighborhood, but there, right. there's this architectural gem standing right there. Yeah, that is a good one. And so sometimes you kind of have to look past that liquor lotto signage yes. that's uh, <laughs> plastered all over the windows and mm-hmm. first floor entry, and look look up above, and you'll see those great Art Deco details from you know back eighty years ago. Well, I think we've even we've even mentioned in a in a previous podcast about you know just having people while you're walking down any street really, especially in Hamtramck, mm-hmm. just look up. You just the details on on some of these buildings are yeah. just incredible, whether they're Art Deco or or not. You know, there's right. just there's a lot of incredible detail on on a lot of buildings just mm-hmm. in the in Hamtramck and in Detroit and you know in general there's there's so much that people don't really mm-hmm. pay attention to yeah or yeah, notice uh, on that same theme we have some news it's the Broadhead Academy uh, Armory, Armory I should say over on the lakefront uh, I mean in the riverfront yeah there's a potential of it being reused uh, yeah so that's a a great Art Deco building mm-hmm. that um, has a WPA um, murals on the inside. So I worked on getting that designated um, to the mm-hmm. city of Detroit um, historic district. Oh my gosh, it's like 20 years ago now. But mm-hmm. um, So right now the parade company has presented a proposal to um, just keep the front of the building and then demolish the portion with the murals. So oh. I'm concerned because... Yeah. You know, even though they've promised, oh, we'll save those murals, it's, you know, how expensive would it be for all these murals to in, in the museum where we are right now to be moved somewhere? I mean, it's, I think they just don't know how expensive that would be. Really? So they're sort of promising that at this point without any professional evaluation. So. And we should point out those murals, they're not painted murals, right? They're engraved murals. Yes, that's right. And to right. try and preserve those would be a far more challenging task, I think, than right. taking a wall that has you know, painted panels on it. So. Exactly right, Greg. So well, that's an unusual um, interior designation I did mm-hmm. for that building back mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So those interior spaces are protected, and so um, if the parade company demolishes them or even moves them or removes them, Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have to have approval from the city's historic district commission in, in Detroit. So, mm-hmm. to be determined what will happen there, we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. It's um, kind of in in the middle of the process right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that that area actually was uh, part of Hamtramck Township at one point, though, too, right? right? Yeah. Was but now I we were talking to someone yesterday, and they had mentioned that be, actually Belle Isle was part of Hamtramck Township. Was that is that true too? From what I I found references to that, okay. I haven't seen the deed of the property if it, where it was actually transferred. But from what I have seen, uh, it, it it seems to be that way. Okay. But that's one of those things I really would want to track down uh, exactly to get a definite answer on. Yeah, and that's difficult to do. Yeah, so. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just, you know, I just, I, yeah. I want to, you know, let, let everyone know that, you know, a lot of people, as we mentioned before, wouldn't really even know that Hamtramck went that far, you know, and that but, a lot of did, buildings yeah. over there are, yeah. you know, a part of what was Hamtramck Township, yeah. now Detroit. So when you get into that, that property was sold to the city of Detroit and mm-hmm. it was, People were reluctant to buy it at that time, and it's it's, yeah. it's but prior to that it was it may have been part of Hamtramck township right. itself too right but uh 
That's what I was. We we have a whole list of mysteries that we're looking at. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) See if we can get answers to them. But uh, but you know, talking about the you know the uh, the armory. Okay. What's the status of preservation in Detroit these days? Because mm-hmm. we have so many treasures, and frankly, we've lost so many in the metropolitan area. That's true. That's true. Um, well, in Detroit, you know, the only thing that protects a building is if it's designated to a historic district, and then mm-hmm. its demolition is reviewed by the Historic District Commission. Mm-hmm. So in Detroit, we've got, like, um, I think there's over 100 different historic districts, and some are really big. Like, say, Boston Edison has, like, hundreds of buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it depends. So there's buildings that you might think would be a local or historically designated, like say the Detroit Public Library is not. That's amazing. Yeah. So things like like that, where um, you know major buildings you think might be protected, it's actually uh, not. not protected. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, right now there's a state historic tax credit for um, mm-hmm. renovation mm-hmm. of major buildings. Mm-hmm. So those state historic that state historic tax credit program um, is not quite set up, and there's no um, guidelines published yet. But um, yeah, in fact, because of our um, mm-hmm. historic districts here in Hamtramck, I thought maybe I didn't bring the maps for that. Maybe one day we could talk about those um, districts. But, and yeah, uh, I would like to get into that okay. a little bit. Yeah, because that uh, that is important. We're we're such a small town, yet we have three historic districts, really. Yeah. With yeah. the stadium at the park and Joseph Campo, and right. and the St. Florian that district. Is right. Yeah. So it's really remarkable that we have that. When we have some real architectural gems in the city as Absolutely. well. Too. What, Absolutely. What stands out to you? You know, and in Hamtramck specifically. Oh, gosh. Well, first and foremost is St. Florian. Yeah. It's such a spectacular church. You know, it's really spectacular. Um, We've got uh, yeah. buildings great with you know great architecture like that, and, and I I worked on designating Joseph Campo, mm-hmm. so I, I've always still got an affinity for the retail buildings that we have here, and mm-hmm. it's kind of this collective whole of their whole development and and retail history here. Um, you know, our housing stock is still intact. And it's still amazing, very, really. Yeah, it's still very viable, used today. Um, and then we've got buildings with great just history in terms of, um, you know, the the cultural history makes a building historically significant, mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. that's where Hamtramck Stadium comes in. Yes. Where it's not much to look at right now, but the history that was there with the Negro Leagues playing there in yep. that um, stadium, that's important national history. So mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of one example in, in that realm, too. Um, and it's, yeah. kind, it's kind of encouraging, too, when we see that, you know, it's the stadium, like you said, it's not in good shape, but at least there's recognition that it is important and there's a movement to save it and oh, yeah. preserve it. And, yeah. you know, because it could easily have been torn down years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just almost a miracle that it's still there at all. That's right. And, You're right. And we've lost so many great uh, buildings in Hamtramck and great yeah. elements. The old village hall was a wonderful building. Mm. I know, yeah. and I sometimes see pictures of that yeah. south area on uh, Campo that, wow, we lost some great buildings. We did. Yeah. But on the other hand, right across the street, uh, there's that the line of buildings from 1912, 1913. That's true. Those are still there. And that has been gone through some extensive renovations, but they kept the original yeah. elements in, in, yeah. in place, which is wonderful. I know, and I, I, I once saw the number that Hamtramck has over 6,000 buildings. 
So yeah. yeah, if you add up all of our streets with all the houses on every street, it's that's a major. It's, it's yeah. probably closer to eight thousand. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. we oh have about gosh. eight thousand right. units. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, for a mile that's or for a for a city that's you know two square miles, two square miles yeah. the eight thousand buildings is kind of you know unimaginable really. Well, we had a yeah. population of fifty six thousand people at one time, and you needed that right. many buildings to yeah. get, and get that's, them. And that's before the expressway cut yes. through, so that's where yeah. a lot of that was. Yeah, yeah and then, you know, with with the ho- the houses the way that they are. You know, when you're mentioning having 56,000 people, that's, you know, at potentially having 20 people in a house, in a house. you yeah. know, if you had yeah. four separate apartments, you know, and five people in, in each apartment, that's oh yeah. just think 20 people in one house. And multiply that by 20 people next door and 20 yeah. people on the other side and yeah. 20 people and 20 people. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. it's astounding numbers. It is. It is. And yet, you look at some of the houses, and there again, you find architectural elements that are amazing. Pillars and That's capitals. Right. and Yes. And yeah. Absolutely. Some are very much intact. And we've even got that one that you pointed out to me that used to be a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. So that's really something unique here. Um, I know there's several in Detroit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. i got to tell you one more thing. I saw sure. on uh, the Internet just yesterday, somebody had just taken snapshots in the 1940s of the Conant Theater. That's on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Did right. you see those just yesterday? No, but I, we have, I probably, we have the same ones in our archives. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah. I had seen very few pictures of that theater. Yeah. yeah. We have a couple of color ones, in fact. I don't know oh, if those good, were. Good. Uh, but you folks come down to the Hampshire Historical Museum, and right. maybe we'll let you see them. Yep. So we got to pull them in here somehow. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> come on down. Come on down. So. Been gone for a long time. When yeah. I first moved to Hampshire, uh, twenty-two years ago, uh, a little uh, old Polish lady said to me her um, favorite place to go was the Conant Theater, and I remember being like, "What was that? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it." So. Um, I'm glad there's good pictures of it that remain. Yeah, it was a beautiful building too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, most of the theaters were really quite quite impressive here. So, yeah. so, so, um, you know, Hamtramck is changing. We're losing some of those architectural elements. Do you see the city? I don't know if you're involved in that at all. If there's any kind of movement more to protect them now that, of course, now that we have a historic district designation here. Yeah, and the tax credit really helps um, yeah. inspire people to preserve historic buildings. Mm-hmm. It really does. Now, the tax credit doesn't work for religious buildings, so mm-hmm. you're kind of, well, that's how that works because it's mm-hmm. a tax credit. But right. um, we still have some really, you know, good um, prospects. So just up up the street on Joseph Campo is that really tall, what is it, like seven-story tall building? Yes, yeah, so, it's the corner of Belmont. Right, uh, at yeah. Belmont, right. So that could really benefit from the historic that's tax credit mm-hmm. because that's a, a 20% savings on yeah. um, the renovations for that mm-hmm. that property. So that's an example of a building that's been vacant for a long time now, A long time, right? yes, yeah. I don't ever remember it occupied. So uh, It was a furniture store yeah. at one time well, on the main floor. And they also had a, a record store. In yeah, there, because I remember right. Record Graveyard when yeah. I uh, oh, I when I it when I first got into to buying oh, right. vinyl. That's where yeah. that's where I would go. And, but they were there for a very short time, and then they moved. Yeah. Yeah. And some work has been done on the building, but it ceased. I mean, they stopped doing that a few years ago. So. But I, I did notice that they have people working over there now. I like when oh, I yeah. drive by there at night, there are lights on, and you could see that that they've pulled stuff out. So yeah, it's okay. hopefully it's being worked on because mm-hmm. I'd like to see it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being used. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. All right. 
good to know that. We don't we don't want to lose any more buildings. No, no. no right. And right. unfortunately, we have preserved some. And you know, you talked about Saint Florian and. Uh, and well, Queen of Apostles. Immaculate and, uh, Conception. It's yes. a beautiful, beautiful Ukrainian church. Um, mm-hmm. St. Ladislaus is a beautiful church. And yeah. Queen of Apostles mm-hmm. is too. So mm-hmm. we, those are really you know, some outstanding examples of churches for uh, the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like our commercial buildings too. So yeah. yeah. We have a good setup there. And so, so you came here 22 years ago. Yeah. And why did you settle here? Well, I came here from... Um, I had been going to graduate school in New York City, mm-hmm. and my relatives were from here, and so I had a memory of Hamtramck, and you know, New York City is very, uh, it's a lot like Hamtramck, very densely mm-hmm. populated with a lot of people, and um, pedestrian-oriented, so that's why I chose it. Cool. Well, we're glad you're here, believe me. Thanks, Greg. In fact, you were honored recently, weren't you? Didn't you receive a major award for your participation in your, your work? Um, I got, yeah, from Crane's Detroit Business, yeah, yeah. I got an award, yeah. So cool. it happens once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a great Hamtramck, and yep. we're glad to have you here. Thanks, so. so we're about ready to wrap up, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And don't forget to come and visit us at the Hamtramck Historical Museum at 9525 Joseph Koppel between Norwalk and Poland Streets. We're open Saturday and Sunday from Saturday 11 to 4, 11 a.m., 4 p.m., Sunday 11 till 3, and by appointment, too. And you can find more information on our website, which is uh, www.hamtramckhistory.org, or you can email us at uh, hamtramckhistory at gmail.com. And we want to thank, of course, Podcast Detroit, they're instrumental in making this possible. Without them, we wouldn't have this, and we really appreciate this. And Joe, Joe and I have been doing this. Uh, this is our sixth program, yep. and we seem to be. I think we're getting a little bit better at it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you guys are good at this. Yeah. So, well, I did. I did want to touch on a on a couple of things that you were mentioning. Places to find us. You know, find, you could also find us on Facebook, uh, Hamtramck Historical Museum, mm-hmm. on um, Instagram. Um, yeah, so find us there. And also, you know, as we're talking about uh, about historic buildings and preservation, um, if you do buy a building in the city, whether it's Hamtramck or Detroit, uh, and you're planning on renovating it, please, uh, you know, just be be sure you don't take any original detail off or try not to. Um, try to preserve as much as possible because you know we don't we don't want to lose that we don't want to lose the details and yeah. you know it's it's important it's an important That's element to the city. Good thing to say, Joe. Just today, I was driving past the 